Welcome to How Do You Write? I'm your host, Rachel Heron. On this podcast, I talk to authors about how they write, what their process is, and how their lives fit together. I'll keep each episode short so you can get back to writing. Well, hello, writers. Welcome to episode number 187 of How Do You Write? I'm Rachel Heron. So pleased that you're here with me today. Today, I have a super exciting and vibrant conversation with uh, my new best friend, Jenny Nash, who is a force in the publishing industry. She's a force as a writer. She's a force as a book coach. And also, um, we just found out that while we were talking, we are basically the same person in different bodies, in different locations. And um, it was you know, sometimes I run into people like that. I'm like, oh no, that's no. Uh, but with her, I was just delighted to see, um, perhaps some of my best qualities reflected back at me instead of those people that you meet where you're like, oh God, I am like that. Ah, crap. Jenny is not that. Jenny is gorgeous, wonderful, awesome. You're going to love listening to her. So we'll get into that in a moment. A little bit of a catch up around here. Um, I am far behind. No, I'm not. Yeah, I'm pretty far behind. Uh, I got my revision letter back. I told you that. And then I have just proceeded to screw off. Uh, I am I'm so talented at knowing at a very visceral subconscious level, the very last moment I can have before hitting a point where I won't make that deadline if I don't work hard. Um, and for some reason, I always walk right up to it, even when I am trying not to, even when I'm trying to get all the words done ahead of time, I still can push a deadline to its max. So I think I've got like um, 15 more days for this editor's revision. And this is the big one. This is, you know, the take it apart again and put it back together in a different way. I am making it um, less emotional and more stabby, more tension, more thriller. So I keep forgetting that. I keep having them have these beautiful, emotional, poignant moments between the women in this story. <laughs> and then I'm like, no, it's got to be scary. It's got to be scary um, externally, not just deep and scary inside the heart. It's got to be both. So I'm trying to get all of that done and it's not easy, but I'm trying. Uh, everything else is going very well. It just, I just, I'm still liking this staying at home thing. And I, I do admit it. I really like it. Uh, I just had a thought today that if and when the world goes, it'll never go back to normal, but when it opens up more and we are able to see people, I think I'm going to restrict myself to seeing people once a week. That will make me choose very carefully who I see and when I see them. Um, back in the old days, I would usually have four to seven um, gatherings of some sort. I have a lot of friends and I really love them. But I can get a lot of that socializing through email, through text, through phone calls, through Marco Polo's. Uh, Marco Polo's an app I really like. Um, and I don't always need in person. I really like this expansive time to stay at home and work and work in the garden and read books. And I'm, I don't know. That might be a rule I put down. I want to see people, but I want to keep it more limited than I was. I want more boundaries when we come out of this. I want um, more ability to say no to the things that don't matter as much 
and always saying yes to the things that matter most. That is my goal. I don't know how that's going to um, shake out, but that's that's my goal. Another thing that has hit me is um, another book. <laughs> another book has hit me over the head. I have been trying to figure out how to tell the story about um, recovery from addiction. Everybody's got a story about recovery from addiction. You know that. Um, so I want this one to be a little bit different. And I think I may last night have kind of cracked the spine of it, figured out what I want it to be, um, which is more than just about addiction. It's really about living genuinely and um, with full acceptance of who you are at this moment without trying to change. Um, Because I really do believe that I am everything I need to be right now. I believe that you are everything you need to be right now. Any of us having um, more of things is not going to change who we are and it's not going to change our happiness level. Um, probably there's definitely exceptions to all of this. If you're living at or below the poverty line, yeah, having more money will help. Um, but we all know that study that if you make more than $73,000 a year or something like that, you can't get happier with money. Money will not make you any happier. Uh, it's yeah. So that's what I'm thinking about a new book somewhere around those ideas. So I'm playing with that and I don't know where it will fit into my life. I still want to write that women's fiction next. Um, I just kind of feel very much like writing all the time right now. That's something that quarantine has given me. I haven't felt this way in a really long time that, um, every spare moment I want to be writing. That is not like me. I have started journaling again in a really big, deep, way. Um, and I realized that I usually only journal really deeply journal when I'm traveling. Um, and, and we're traveling right now. This is a unique experience for everybody on the globe. And it does feel like some kind of a journey. And I'm very, very drawn to capturing what's going on around me, not for any reason, not to package up and sell just because I need to get these words out of my mind and onto the page. Um, so I was actually talking to Jeff Adams of Jeff and Will uh, the other day. Um, he's going to be guest hosting with me on The Writer's Well next week. And he showed me his rocket book that is not as dirty as it came out of my mouth. Um, but do you have a rocket book? I want to know. I ordered one. They're like $30. And it's, you can save your digital handwriting. I really like journaling. And then I'm always like, I'm never going to see this book again. But if it's online as well, that's like a double backup. Not like anybody ever wants to read my journal, even myself, but I do like thinking about it being backed up. So I ordered a rocket book and that should be fun to play with. Wow. I am just going kind of all over the place today. What other all over the place should I tell you about? I think that's about it. I would love to say thank some new patrons because it has been a while since I remembered to do this. So um, this is going back like more than a month. Uh, Tuomas Makinen, um, it is always wonderful to have you as a patron. Uh, that's awesome. Um, Amanda, thank you. Oh, maybe I have thanked these people because I remember thanking Amanda. Amanda, you're the best. Um, Janine German for editing your pledge up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, everybody who is supposed to get those texts from me, 
I am over the limit for the tech service and I'm trying to find a different service. So if you're not getting that, don't worry, I'm trying to fix it. Um, a new patron, Megan Kroll and Jennifer Harris and Jill and Naomi Stenberg. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much to all of you. It really is and makes the difference in my being able to write those essays from which come these book ideas and whole books. So if you would like to check out any of those essays on living the creative life, you can always go to patreon.com slash Rachel, R-A-C-H-A-E-L and check those out. And I really, really, really appreciate you. Um, that's caught up. Uh, my desk is covered in Tootsie Roll Pops because apparently this revision is taking Tootsie Roll Pops. If a Tootsie Roll Pop is not in my mouth, I am not realizing. And that's the way it's going to be. And I like it. And yes, let's jump into the interview now with Jenny Nash. I know you're going to enjoy it. Please, please get some of your own writing done and find me anywhere online and tell me about it. I love hearing about it. And I believe in you. Okay. Happy writing. Hey, do you want to do more writing on Zoom with a group of people that you like? Well, you should join Rachel Says Write. We write together on Tuesday mornings from 5 to 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. This one works for you Europeans. And on Thursdays from 4 to 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 7 to 9 Eastern Standard Time, New Zealand and Australia, this one's for you. And for just $39 a month, you can write with us in Zoom. It's like 16 hours for a month. It's like $2 an hour to sit in a Zoom room with really cool people and spy on them while they're writing and let them spy on you while you're writing. They'll get to see your true writer's face and there is nothing more intimate than that. Honestly, you guys, it's such a good time. Go to rachelheron.com slash write or rachelheron.com slash Rachel says write to find out more about joining. Well, I could not be more pleased today to welcome to the show, Jenny Nash. Hi, Jenny. How are you? So happy to be here. I'm well, thank you. Good. Let me give you a little introduction so we can talk about all the things you do. Uh, Jenny Nash is the founder of Author Accelerator, a business that has trained more than 50 book coaches to support writers through the entire creative process of completing a book. Jenny uh, started her career on staff at Random House and has spent 30 years on all sides of the publishing industry. In her time as a book coach, her clients have landed top New York agents and book deals with houses such as Scribner, Simon & Schuster, and Hachette. Jenny is the author of nine books, five of which were published by Big Five Publishers. She has taught for 12 years in the UCLA Extension Writers Program and spoken at writing conferences all over the country. Her guest posts have appeared on popular writing sites, including The Right Life, Writers Helping Writers, and The Book Designer. And just before we got on air, we were kind of um, telling each other how nice it is to talk to somebody else who does all of the things. You do all of the <laughs> yeah. things like I do. I teach at the extension programs at Berkeley and Stanford. And um, uh, oh, what else was I going to say? Oh, I was looking at your book roster. You write all the genres. You write women's fiction and memoir and nonfiction about writing. And <laughs> That And I've heard your name for so long in the publishing industry, which is why I'm so excited to have you on the show, because I do get people who want to be on the show because they have written a book about writing, but they have no other books. 
You know, when you run into those people and you are this book coach among, you know, you're the book coach of the book coaches because you know how to write, because you've done all this stuff, which is why I'm so happy to have you on the show about process. How, let's just open it way up. How do you do it all? (laughs) You you have children, you have family. I just have a wife and no kids. So how do you do it? Well, my kids are grown, so it doesn't count. Um, I mean, I just kind of work like a dog. That's the honest truth of it. I just do. I work all the time. I, I, people sometimes say like, are you, do you have superpowers? And it's like, no, I just work all the time. And that, you know, there's upsides to that and downsides to that, which we could talk about. But I, I just kind of refuse to give up anything. I want to do all the things. I'm just greedy. I might just take this. I We've got the questions I always ask, but I might go a little bit freeform with this too. What do you give up when you have to give something up? Um, I mean, the honest truth is I will give up my health. I oh, will. Yeah. I will work myself to, I, I get migraines and I will Me work too. myself. Stop it. I know that really? I'm working too hard when a migraine knocks me all the way to, the, that's how I go out. I work until a migraine knocks me to the ground. Okay, so you know what I'm talking about. Like yes. a migraine is not just I'm gonna take some Advil and oh, no. and feel better. It's not a bad migraine headache. is like, yeah, it's like you have to get under the covers in darkness and not have anyone speak to you, and you can't eat and you can't. Yep. Listen to any music. You're out, and yeah. So I until my body's done, and it's not something I recommend. <laughs> Strangely enough. <laughs> But that's the truth of it. And and I'm trying. I mean, I've had them for 28 years. So when I say I'm trying, it's not a new thing. But yeah. it's, it's. I love to work. I like to work hard. I, I don't want to give up. Like you said, what do you give up? And I say that to writers all the time. What are you going to give up? Because you can't have a clean house and, you know, make perfect meals and do all the things and have time to write. And so I'm constantly helping them make those choices. And then I don't actually make them my own self. I just try to do it all. I think you may be my, my new favorite person and my, my, my twin at soul, because that is what I do. I tell everybody to give up something and I don't give up anything. And that does come at the expense of my own health and my, my snapping at my wife, for example, you know, she'll get the short end of the stick right there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I bet she loves that. Yeah. She, she adores that when I'm like on deadline and starting through classes (laughs) like I was last week. So, (laughs) well, Well, that's interesting. So that's the thing you give up is like peace in your home. And, and I would do the same thing. I would yell and snap at the people I love and, and then I would, yeah, it's not okay. And then it's not okay. And then I blame it on how busy I am. And she always says, whose fault is that? And she's, Oh, oh oh my gosh. My, my daughter who's teaching seventh grade is living with me right now in the shutdown. And uh, we had a little snippy fight um, recently because she was like, I just, I just got to get to June 15th because then they have summer teachers have summer and look, teachers work so hard. I'm not even kidding how hard she works. Mm -mm. It's relentless like every day. And it's just, you're in it and you're in it and it's horrible. And, but she said summer and I said something like, well, at least you get it somewhere, you know, something like that. And, and she just looked at me and she said, you could have a summer if you wanted mom. I was like, you know, like I can't, I mean, like I don't, the rules don't apply to me. And 
I could. I could orchestrate that. I'm in charge of my own destiny, but I don't. Not not that I buy into any of this stuff, but what is your star sign? What is your astrological sign? Oh, Gemini. Oh, okay. I'm a Cancer. All right. At least we don't have that. At least we can't blame it all on something otherworldly. So, so when you are writing your own books and when you're not coaching, what is your writing process? What does that look like? So I don't have a a habitual practice. I write in bursts and and I write in fits and starts and I I kind of it's almost like fever fever writing. So I um it's hard for me to say exactly when I do it or but I love writing at night. Mm-hmm. I love writing late at night and I love writing like Saturday morning is the dream when nobody's going to email or text or call or knock on my door or ask me anything. So I like to get up early and write. I like to stay up late and write. And it's all about just avoiding the, the wave of demands. I don't think I've <laughs> ever heard anybody say that so concretely, but Saturday morning is a delight to work. That is so, so true. Right? Yeah. I hadn't yeah. actually, I usually I, try not I, to, uh, but yeah. <laughs> I, well, I love another thing I always tell my writers that I don't do is, um, I say there's no cabin in the woods. And and by that, I mean, you're not going to get the fellowship where they bring you lunch in a basket and you go off the grid for three months and you get to write your book and, and you do it in three months. Like that's not happening for you that you have to make your own time in your own life, in your own way. I'm always saying that and talking about that. And yet the way I write best is when I get those kind of clearings, you know, those kind of, like white space on the calendar I'll I'll be like ooh and I can dive in and and write it but I I'm really bad at actually blocking that time it, and I and I like would like to be better but the thing is that I'm going to push back on that just a little bit is that your process works and you're getting books done and you are yeah. making you would like a cabin in the woods when we all and you make that in the white space on your calendar. Whereas for white space for me doesn't work personally because then I go watch Netflix or, you know, garden or something. You know, I do anything but write. Oh. So so it works for you. Your your method is working. It does. It does work for me. And I've actually really <laughs> deeply loved the shutdown because I <laughs> Oh, you have? I'm passionate about it. I don't ever want it to change. I, I hate it for how bad it is. I hate everything about it for medically and all that. But back? yeah. I, I'm sad we have to go back because what I realized is that the the energy, the calendar energy, I call it. So like, are you free on Saturday night? Can you come at six? Should we do it at seven? I don't know. Maybe we should do it Sunday night. Like that, just that energy or... Ooh, the person I want to hear in concert is coming. How much are the tickets? Should we do the balcony or should we do the thing? And should we go like, I love that all being out of my life. And, and I, right. That social energy. I mean, I love my friends and my family and, and all of it, but I, and, and what I find is that I um, am so eager to work that I'm like, if I get to an evening and there's nothing to do, to, that we have to go do or that we plan to go do I I just want to work so I I it's weird how much I like it <laughs> I like most of my parts of my job except for first drafts I really I struggle with the first draft are you a first drafter or are you more of a re- reviser or are you in all things I I like all the things I mean I I, I like all the things I I draft really quickly I 
I revise really intentionally. I, I like, I like all the, I like all the things I do. I, I, I do. <laughs> and that makes you a perfect book coach of book coaches. What is, what is your biggest challenge then when it comes to writing? Um, gosh, um, really it's just finding the time. I mean, I mean, with the writing itself, I, I've taught writing so much and I help people so much. I think I've internalized a lot of the things that, you know, it's like, um, the things I help other people with that they don't do well is putting boundaries around your idea, really defining what that idea is going to be, maybe saving that for another book or maybe saving that taking that subplot out because it doesn't fit or like the structural decision-making and the um, shape, the shape of things. I have so many of those conversations all the time. I think I've internalized, yeah. internalized those. So when I sit down to write, I tend to, um, I tend to just be, know what to do. That's a good feeling. It's such a good feeling. Yeah. It's, it's such a good feeling. I find such enormous peace in the writing process. I feel like, um, feel like I recognize my voice that's been with me my whole life and it felt like coming home and mm. it, it just feels like, Oh, here, here I am, you know, and that's my favorite part of it. So the challenges, that part of it is so strong that the challenges almost don't matter. Cause I want to get to that feeling. That is gorgeous. What is your biggest joy when it comes to writing then? It sounds like you have a lot of joys to choose from. I mean, it's that, it's that, it's that coming home. It's like, here I am. This is me. I'm, I'm, I'm in it. And even if I have 10 minutes to write something, I can get into that space and it, it feels wholly my own. Mm. Um, I mean, that, that's the thing about writing, right? We're in charge. Mm-hmm. We, we're the one. We're the boss. <laughs> is there a genre that you feel more at home in? For me, I sink into my bones, even in first drafts. Um, I love being inside my body when I'm writing um, memoir or creative nonfiction of any sort. Fiction, I struggle more with first drafts, but is there a genre that you feel most at home in? I I, I would say that it is memoir as well. Yeah. And I, I've had an interesting experience with my um, newsletter. I for a long time, doing it for a long time. And I have a pretty nice following and I used to be super craft based. I was like all the craft lessons and all the how to's and, you know, strategy. And, and then I started paying attention to me, to what people liked. Imagine that. And, um, <laughs> and, um, the, every time I would write something, it was usually when I was late on my deadline and I just had to whip something out and I just write some dumb thing in my mind about whatever, what I made for dinner or one of my kids or, you know, something. People love them. And so more and more I've just done that for that weekly thing. And it's, it's just, um, it's, it's just, there's nothing like it. It's so fun. Just writing about my own self and what I think. <laughs> Right? It's the best. <laughs> don't you think? I really do. And and I don't know if you're like me, though, but honestly, you know, we're, jo- we're joking about it. But but I don't really know what I think about things until I put them on the page and explored them and written around them and gotten to what I know. And I don't all I usually don't know when I sit down when I start writing about something. You know, I wrote something last night in my journal that 
has freaked me out. I'm like, oh God, am I going to have to like go there? Now do I have to go there that I've said it? <laughs> you know? Oh, see, that's amazing. And, and yeah, I agree with that, that there it's revelatory, but it's also, you, you own it. There's this authority. Like it's so just you, it's so whole. It's, it's, um, it, yeah, I, I really, it's easy for me. Yeah. Um, all the other writing is harder. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Okay. So what, uh, oh no. Uh, first of all, can you share a craft tip, speaking of craft, with our listeners? Yeah. I'm going to talk about revision. Yay. I think and love revision. Do best. you like revision? It's the best. I, the only reason I write is to get back into revision because I can write, I can revise 12 hours a day. I'm in heaven. I can't stop. Right. It's so much fun. And it's where the thing because becomes what it wants to be. And so I love revision. And I know a lot of people don't. So I I like to talk about revision. And the thing the tip it would be the tip I would have would be don't revise in the same way you wrote, you have to do get a different mind space. And that can be you can do that physically, like you could do it in a different place than you write, you could even just changing the font um, on your on your manuscript mm. or printing it out in a different font and it falls on the page differently can put your, can, can make you just shift how you're looking at it. And the whole thing that an editor does, you know, the joy of being edited is somebody else's eyes are on your work and they're bringing a different perspective to your work. So if you can do that for yourself, like get out of your the head you wrote in and look at it in a, just a different angle, a different way, a different viewpoint you know, really trying to get a 360 viewpoint on it. That's the trick is don't just go to the mistake I see so many people make is they think revision. Well, there's two things. They think revision is um, mine editing. They think it's, it's fiddly little word, wordsmithing. And it's not, it's heavy lifting, earth moving, you know, and then the second mistake they make is they just fall into that same rhythm or pattern that they did when they were writing. And then they, <laughs> I'm sure you do this. I, this always cracks me up when I'm, when I'm reading my own stuff and you get in that thing. I'm like, Oh, this is good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> and you just start like, you're just doing what you do when you write. Cause when you're writing and you think that you don't have to work on that. So then exactly. you work on the next section. So I love that. Yeah, I love that feeling, but that is one of the warning signs for me in like a second draft or a third draft. If I'm really loving it, I have to pull back out of it. Like there's something I might not be seeing yet. In a fourth draft or a fifth draft, you might let yourself, you know, enjoy that yeah. a little bit. I feel like, oh, I'm so good. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's take your writer's hat off. Like literally, yeah. I'm not a writer right now. I'm I'm an editor. I'm trying to be in my reader's shoes. I'm trying to look at this from the outside. I'm trying to be analytic instead of, you know, creative, just different perspective will make your revision process so much better. I love that. Thank you so, so much. And thank you for being on my side for revision. It's magic, (laughs) literally the magic of writing. So what thing in your life affects your writing in a surprising way? Oh my gosh, I love this question so much because I I have to answer the real thing and the real Yay. thing is so embarrassing. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> good. When I first saw it, I'm like, oh, I don't have to really answer. <laughs> um, the surprising thing that, that I find um, really motivating is jealousy. 
Ooh, tell me more. I get so jealous. <laughs> I get so jealous of, of everyone and everything for every reason you could possibly name. And I, and it's not just a little jealous. It's like rage. I'm like, I'm like rage jealous. And, and it can just be like, if I read something I love and I'm just like, Oh, this is so good. And it, and then I think, I wish I had had that yes. idea. Like, as if you could just take someone else's idea or, you know, if somebody has a big success and, or some big lucky break and, and I'll think I could do that if I just had a lucky break, you know, like, um, but I'll, I'll, I even get jealous. Um, I even get jealous of my students that I teach, like if they're doing really well, I'll, I'll get jealous of them. It's bizarre, but I find it super motivating. <laughs> I love that. I love that you're talking about it because people don't talk about it. It is one of those guilty things to be hidden away. Like we shouldn't uh, have jealousies. Um, yeah. I'm pretty, I, I, I just rank low on the jealousy scale as a human being anyway. But the, the places where I find jealousy the most painful is when I am reading something that I know I couldn't write because I'm not that writer and I'm just so mad at myself. Or like... Yeah. Or I'm not that good. I'm not have that good. Had that? Oh, yeah. I have it yeah. all the time. All the time. Or, or like, I'm not that smart. I'm yep. not that smart. I couldn't have pulled oh, that off. That's actually one of my biggest ones is I'm not that smart. Like, I'm, I'm working yeah. on finishing up a thriller right now. But I'm letting myself read thrillers, which is not a good idea. And all of the twists that are coming out, I'm like, I can't do that. I can't do my twists right. are stupid. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah. Right, they're all obvious. Everybody knows, right? Yeah. Yeah. I I feel that um I feel that a lot that I'm I'm not that smart or I'm not that um it's strange it's just a strange thing that I feel like I have no outside reason, external reason, no demonstrable reason that I should feel jealous and, and I do well at what I do and I successful and all of things, but I that's what I feel. And instead of using it, instead of turning it into an opportunity for self-pity and getting into bed and pulling the covers over our head, which I'm also good at, um, you said you use it to motivate yourself. How, what does that look like? Does it mean I'm just going to work that much harder? I mean, sadly, yeah. yeah I think that's, that's part of what the, drive, what the drive is, comes from is I'll get angry or mad or jealous or needy or whatever the jealousy feels like. And, and then I'll say, well, I'll show them or I'll, I'll <laughs> like paying any attention to me. Right. Or, or like, <laughs> well, I'll, yeah, like I'll, I'm going to just work that much harder or apply myself that much more. So it, it gets me like it's fire fuel for the fire. You're harnessing it. You're not just letting it be a distracting emotion. You're actually harnessing it. And I really, really yeah. Love hearing that. Oh my gosh. I think I feel yeah. like I could talk to you all day about everything. Um, and I'm immediately <laughs> signing up for your email newsletter, by the way. I know that. Oh, no. so. <laughs> You're going to be like, wow, she just chit chats about her. <laughs> that's all I do. And that's what people love the best is when they talk, when people love talking about their real lives and fantastic. Okay. So what is the best book that you've read recently and why did you love it? So I tend to be behind everybody else because I read all day and I work with words all day. So I read very, very slowly. I love to read, but I, I'm always way behind. And I'll say to people all the time, like, oh, did you read whatever? And they look at me like, 
yeah, before the movie came out. And I'm like, oh, there was a movie? <laughs> I did that the other day. And they're like, the one that no- won the Pulitzer? Yeah, I read that five, five years <laughs> ago. So That's good. exactly what happened. <laughs> so the one that I just read that, like, blew my mind was Daisy Jones and the Six. Oh my I gosh, you don't know. read it. I I think I have now it on my list. But what did you love about it? Okay. It is just the most mind-blowing thing. It's um really? Taylor Jenkins Reid and she basically recreated a story of Fleetwood Mac. Okay, I was so going to say it's some it's kind like of musician, right? Rock and roll opera kind of thing, but the thing that just was extraordinary about it was she chose this structure that is um the band members are telling an oral history of the band. So it's a fake band and they're telling fake oral history of the band so that each band member, it's like six or seven or eight or 10. There's a lot of characters and they're, they're speaking to a, a invisible host basically of like a, like a reporter. Like a oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. And so there, there's this weird perspective that talking at you, but you're not, who they're talking to, but they, um, that's the thing that I'm just like, I could never pull this off. Like, it's just extraordinary. And each voice is super distinct, but what's just amazing about it is that they all contradict each other all the time. It's like, it's like, Oh, remember that show in Oslo where whatever happened? Oh no, that wasn't Oslo. That was Berlin. Oh yeah. And remember in Mexico when that happened and they're telling the same thing and they've all got it wrong. And you're just, it's so it's like this meditation of truth that there is no truth and there is no memory. It's just extraordinary. And that sounds gorgeous. It's beautiful. And then you think you know what it's about because it's, it's like this Stevie Nicks characters at the center and, and you think, you know, it's like a rise and fall to fame. You think, okay, I got this. But it turns out really not to be that. It's about something else. And that something else emerges while the story unfolds. And it kind of begins to tickle in the back of your mind. And then it comes super clear at the end what it what it was really about. Mm. And like a twist to it. And it it's just, it's just masterful. I just... I cannot. I'm just obsessed with it. I am going to read it because it's either in this stack right here or it's on my Kindle in my TBR pile. But um, I will confess to you, since we are being so open and honest with each other while you were talking about it, I felt and identified a twinge of, oh, that's a great framing device. I could never have thought of that framing device, you know? Right. There. That's exactly it. And And people underestimate the power of structure, of, yes. of how you're going to this material so here's this idea like and I and after I read it I do this when I'm obsessed with something I go read everything about it like all the Mm. interviews and and all the things and and Reese Witherspoon actually did buy the movie right so it's gonna be a movie she did because she's so good at buying the best stuff and somebody's gonna write the music that's fake music for this fake band which like do you love that? So I'm, meta. I'm actually in a yacht rock band called Sausalito. So I, <gasps> I sing a lot of Fleetwood Mac. So I'm definitely on board for this entire Wait, idea. I only, I only recently learned what yacht rock was. And I was like, wait, yacht rock is the music of my life. And I didn't even know what it was. It's more, it is, I will say, it's more of a recent term that people have coined for that time, late 70s, like maybe into the early 80s. But it's so good and it's so fun. So this book is absolutely something I must read like tonight. 
<laughs> right. You have to. And I mean, if you can, if you can do it, if this is your drive, um, I would recommend the audio book because it's just a tour de force. Uh, I, it's just amazing. Is and, it read by different characters it, um, or is it one narrator? You know, what's weird. I can't even tell you. I can't even tell you. I think it must be different. It has to be different. Interesting. Yeah, I love it. I have audio credits. And it, was the, and it was that thing you and I talked about. The whole time I was reading it, it's like you're holding in this head, in your head, these two things at the same time. Like, I love this so much and I just cannot get enough of it. It's so great. And the experience of being in it is so amazing. And then on the other side is that like, I could never do that. I could not have thought of that. I wouldn't, I would have just written it straight, like straight thing. And how'd she even be so bold as to rewrite the Fleetwood Mac star? Like that's pretty ballsy. Like it, there's that chatter the whole time of, you know, underneath, underneath it all. What I really love about this conversation right now is that other people who have less experience will be listening to this. And my students are always saying, I can't believe that you have imposter syndrome or that you feel this way <laughs> about your, you know, the revision letter that you just got. And, uh, you know, it's good for everyone to know that this doesn't go away. And we use it to serve our art and to get back and to try harder and never rest on those proverbial laurels, right? Yeah. Well, there's a, I think there's a lot, a lot of people believe that when they get to where you are and, you know, you've made it in their mind because they're just trying to get to the first rung of the ladder and you're way up the ladder. And, but they, there's really not that big a difference <laughs> between what you do and what they're doing. But it just, it feels like it's going to be different for, they think it's going to be different when they get to where you are. Yeah. And, and I think there's a lot of disappointment from people who are published as when a writer first gets published is they realize like, oh, it didn't change my life. Yeah. I still am who I am. My writing is still what it is. I still feel doubt when I sit down. I there, still there wonder still, if I'm any good. There's still dishes in the sink. There's still, you know, the whole world, like 99.999999% of the world still hasn't heard of you, you know? Right, <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't change your your life. I mean, the kind of life-changing thing, you know, like a J.K. Rowling or a Stephen King yeah. You know, that's like the 0.01 of the 0.01%. Yeah. Yeah. And the rest of us, though, get to do this and we love what we do. And we get to chat to each other about it like this, which is amazing. And now I would love to turn this over to you. What would you like to tell us about? I know you have a recent book, right? Um, I do. And tell us about Author Accelerator. Tell us where to find you. Tell us all the things. Um, Author Accelerator is a company on a mission to train book coaches. So we train book coaches to help writers and really trying to raise the bar on this industry. Kind of what we were talking about earlier that it's, this is hard work and it's long. You need to commit yourself to it and having someone in it with you by your side is, is sometimes the best way to get it done. If you're not finding that you can get it done yourself. Yeah. And I'm, I sort of stand in opposition to the write fast, write a bestseller overnight. You know, you can do it, you know, in 90 days kind of thing. I just, um, you can draft something in 90 days, a hundred percent, and you can get an idea down whatever, yep. but like to get from beginning to end, that's not happening. No. And I have students uh, who are like, I wrote a draft and I'm going to put it on Amazon now. And I mean, you can, 
Go yeah. for it. Yes, you can. <laughs> it's not, not going to go well for you, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, I'm really trying to acknowledge and, and respect how hard the work is and train people to help people do that hard, hard work. So you can find us. We'll put some special stuff for your listeners at Author Accelerator. I have to decide what it's going to be, like your whole name, just your first name. Oh, let's just, just use Rachel. Rachel. Yeah. But it's spelled funny. So, it's uh, R-A-C-H-A-E-L. So, so we'll go authoraccelerator.com backslash Rachel. Perfect. And um, I can put some stuff on there and some resources and things um, for people to, to find. And the book I just wrote is called, I laugh at the title, Read Books All Day and Get Paid for It. It's the, the best title ever. I love <laughs> I When I saw it, I was just like, that is one click right there. One click. <laughs> Read books all day and get paid for it. Um, that's what we do. And this is a really nuts and bolts book about how to run a business, how to run a book coaching business. And there's a lot in there about how to value this work because a lot of people are giving this work away for free. They're like the most amazing critique partners on the planet. They're um, the friend that everybody gives their pages to. They're the one running the book club and they're, they're giving this work away for free. And, I'm trying to say that work is hugely valuable and you should put a price on it and you could have a side gig or a, a whole, whole career at that. I love that you have done that. I have actually seen some friends like I am not an idea, idea generator. I'm just not. But one of my best friends, Adrian Bell, she you, you, you say, what should I do with this idea? And she she helps you. She's got that 30,000 foot view view that she's able to bring to this kind of thing. And she's monetizing it now um, with her plot MD and just seeing people use their skills. And the fact that you're giving this book to people who can then use their skills to get paid for having yeah. good sense yeah, when it comes to story structure. Yeah. And the sad reality is that it's a creative business and it's a very, a lot of women are in this business and those two things together, our culture tends to devalue and, and it, so I'm just fighting against that, that we need to value that work that, I mean, all creative work, but people who are helping the creators and, um, people who have that skill. And that's, that's what I'm on my soapbox about. And this book is a good start. I love it. Oh my gosh. I have enjoyed this conversation so much, Jenny. Um, I would like to sign up to be your next friend when you need one. So I'll be there. Put me on your waiting list. I won't, I, I don't even know where you live, so I won't bother you. But uh, I think you're fantastic and I really enjoy you and I <laughs> love talking to you. So. Thanks for having me. Okay. Well, happy writing to you. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of How Do You Write? You can reach me on Twitter, Rachel Heron, or at my website, rachelheron.com. You can also support me on Patreon and get essays on living your creative life for as little as a buck an essay at patreon.com slash Rachel, spelled R-A-C-H-A-E-L. And do sign up for my free weekly newsletter of encouragement to writers at rachelheron.com slash write. Now go to your desk and create your own process. Get to writing, my friends.